Well, we're back to another episode of the Pig Wrestling Podcast. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is powered by our wonderful sponsor, Sync Cloud, and it's available in the cloud. Where's it available, Paul? <laughs> the cloud I'm learning, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor to name but a few, and on our Pig Wrestling Podcast blog. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is based on a book by Pete Lindsay and Mark Bowden. It's a simple way to solve any problem and create change you need. Paul, this week, um, do you want to give an introduction to our guest? Yeah, we've got James Green in this week, um, former, oh no, current pro- professional rugby player, but he's all, he's renowned now, um, Sunday Times top rated mortgage and protection advisor, James Green. Welcome, James. Thank you very much for having me. Paul, just want to, Paul, just want to you know, um, just put this on, I don't know if you can see this with all tech, I'm going to have a go with it, right? But and you, you should be able to see. My screen. Can you see my screen? You can see it. What's this? This is him in action. Is he going to play? Here we go. You ready? Well, He's thinking about it. Here we go. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Talk us through that, James. When was that? Uh, when was that? That was the League One uh, grand f- playoff grand final in 2018. Um, so we were top of league all that year. Uh, top one went up uh, two to five. Had to play off to to make promotions. Obviously, Bradford has spent all this money trying to get promoted from League One, and it came down to that one last game. Um, and you think that'd be enough for me to run that hard? But it was actually a twenty quid bet with one of my mates beforehand, and he said, "I bet you twenty quid you won't pick the biggest guy out on the field and try and run over him." I was like, "Watch me," and that's that's the result. They don't come bigger than forty forty my way, do they? No, he's got to be what, at least 20 stone. He's made a what career. What did it feel like? Like I've been hit by a transit van, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just looking at the background, though, um, James, there's a few, few jobs in there, isn't there, Paul? There certainly is. I'll run you, you, run you through them. I'll run you through them now. Um, the first job, which really surprised me, um, I wish we'd have got a picture with that. This would have been a good start. It was a lifeguard in 2011. To 2012, um, bit of David Hasselhoff there. Um, it's not as sexy as it sounds, Paul. Trust me. No, um, <laughs> and then he he was um, during that time he played for Ulkr from 2007 to 2016. That, that's not I don't, that's not to be proud of. We'll pass we'll pass <laughs> that quite quick early on. Yeah, we'll pass that on. Uh, then moved on to Lee Centurions, um, then Castleford Tigers. I like Cass. And then on to Bradford and currently at York. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's it's a good thing that I've had so many clubs, but uh, yeah, I um, yeah, but I've you've done, had a long career. Yeah, I've, I've touched wood. I've I've done all right so far. And there's still a few years left in me yet, but um, yeah, started off at Hull KR, um, came all the way through the academy and um, came all the way through the academy and the reserve grade. Um, got to a point where I had I had one more year um, in their system before they had to sign me full time. So instead of going to university or going down another career, I, I backed myself and just got a, a, a normal job, lifeguarding, which is a piece of cake when you're off a six foot and you can walk in the deep end. So well, I talk, uh, how, how tall actually are you? I'm six foot seven or two hundred centimeters. Um, so yeah, back myself, did that job for a year, um, worked casually around um, like my training equipment at OKR, and uh, yeah, in 2011 signed professional terms with them. 
Which amateur team did you play for? So I played at West Hull until I was 13 and then left there and, and finished. I had four seasons with Skeller after that. So where, we go, where, we going, where we going with this though? Paul's also a scout for LFC and he's also been a scout for Leeds and he's been racking his brains with you. Um, but you have one job, Paul, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't pick all the stars, can you? No, no, no. Um, you you do miss you do get some, but you do miss a few as well. So yeah, I miss James in the time I was at Leeds for ten years, then moved on to Hull. I'm still at Hull now. Um, so yeah, I missed. I always miss a few, but I do get a few at all. Apart from apart from that, right? Apart from obviously York being your favourite, you know, club at the moment because they're an awesome club, of York. And um, what's been one of your highlights across them ones? Um, probably getting Bradford promoted. They'd had a, a crappy couple of years leading up to that point with almost going into administration, almost liquidated. And to go from such a giant of a club to having to start again, it, it was nice to be part of, of that rebuilding stage. Um, 2015 uh, at Hull got, got got to the Challenge Cup final. Um, then obviously, the highlight of that was the semi final because once we got to the final, everyone wants to forget about that bit. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had some had some career highlights. But for me, it's probably it's more the people I've met along the way, really. Yeah. Um, and not not so much the big events that you remember. It's kind of the daft little things like um, building the friendships with players and just just prattling around with people on a daily basis, really, which you don't really get in other jobs. I think as rugby players as well, I, we've talked to quite a few rugby players, and it's the characters that you meet along the way, isn't it? And like you say, the friendships, but the banter that you have and the friendship and the characters, I bet you could tell us some tales. Yeah, definitely. Some of them probably not for this show, but uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of stories that, that I've got. And you, you do meet some interesting people. Um, you, you do worry how some of them are going to integrate into what you call normal <laughs> life and normal jobs when you think some of the stuff <laughs> you say to each other and do on a daily basis would not fly in a normal working environment. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna roll them Paul that way. We're gonna roll. Um, Let me get into the questions. You, you can never find the questions at the best of times, so this is gonna be interesting. I'm there. Oh, I'm you're there. there, working remotely. I'm there. You, you, you go with some of the first one. Yeah, I am. Right then, James. What are one to three books that have greatly changed, stroke, influenced your life? Um. So for me, I'm, I'm quite into personal development and, and working on mindset and things like that. Obviously, coming from a professional sports background where you're, you're in the elite and trying to stay to the top. Um, but I, I use like books to kind of escape as well. So the, the one that changed my life the most was probably Rich Dad Poor Dad. You've probably had that a fair bit on this on this show, haven't you? No, we haven't actually. No. So uh, so Rich Dad Poor Dad, book by uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, it basically tells the story of himself growing up. Um, so there's, there's, the, there's the household that he grew up in, uh, where his dad had a poor mentality, um, always thought money was the root of all evil and things like that. Growing up with his best friend, whose dad was pretty successful, uh, had done really well for himself and he viewed money completely differently. Um, it kind of covers all the basics of investing, whether that be into yourself, business, the stock market, things like that, and that kind of got me on my investing journey. So that's a good, good one. That, is, I like that one. I've, I've wrote it down. I'll get Yeah, it's quite an easy read as well. This one. That's the one. There we go. Are you ready yet? You can borrow it. No, I just buy these books just to just to fill the shelves. I can't read. Just, can just, just for sure. No, but I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. you, I know you've got a pile of books that you haven't actually read yet. That's on that shelf over there. 
Oh, I didn't know that, did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always have a bit of a fallout. No, but it's, it's interesting, that one, because um, that was the first book as well, and we um, you know, I used to play prop um, for fun. I didn't get paid like you. Um, that shows how much how many brains I've got. Um, and that was one of the first books that actually explained money to me in a, in a, in a palatable sort of fashion. Um, I think it's a, a fantastic book, isn't it? Yeah, I think because it, it, it's a story as well, you, you can kind of stick with it a little bit better. It doesn't really bore you with facts and figures and stuff like that. It's quite easy, easy to follow. It's got a good flow to it and it kind of dumbs things down to you as well and, and shows the benefits over a long period of time, what, what you can do if you stick with it. So talk us through that then. So now, you, you know, you're, you're, if, if anything, you, you know, you're helping people um, to work at home now, aren't you, more than ever? You know, you help people get mortgages, so they need the, it's part of the... Part of the, the the work from home now, isn't it? we need these things. But um, talk us through how, how you got into that then from rugby you know, and, and, and talk us through that transition. So playing playing professional sport, you, you, as a professional sportsman, you always have like two retirements. Um, you have your professional sport retirement and then you have your actual retirement, 60, 70. Um, so I always knew that I'd have to have something to fall back onto and, and something to to kind of keep, keep my mind away from rugby more than anything else. Um, and in 2016, uh, me and my wife bought our first investment property. Uh, remember Stanley Jean? Do you remember him? We used to play yeah, OKR. Yeah. He, he had a, a decent-sized portfolio. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think coming from... Is that, that, that a proper club for a bit, though, wasn't it, Paul? Yeah, not for long. Yeah, he's been about a bit, hasn't he? Yeah. But yeah, he, he, he had um, years and years ago, he was talking about property, and I didn't really quite understand it. And then the more pro players I got talking to, like you realise a lot of them that I've got their head switched on uh, invested in property. So we bought our house in 2014. I had enough spare money in 16 to buy our first one. And then just absolutely loved it, loved developing it, um, sourcing all the finance. And then I thought, well, why not do this for other people? Um, and it kind of happened by chance. Uh, early 2018, we went to a wedding, got put on the young couple's table and the guy I was sat next to was a mortgage advisor was telling me what his day-to-day is. And I was like, yeah, that's it, that's a bit, a bit of me that so literally impulse decision the very next day signed up to do the qualification and everything sat all the exams and um now i get to help other people achieve their dream of buying a house uh, buying investments to fund a lifestyle and i absolutely love it i think also as well paul what i would like um because I, I see um green on you know in one of the networking clubs i'm part of um you actually get a real big passion some of the stories you, you sort of share don't you um of helping people um you know I think it, it seems to me, listening to you know, each week when you're sharing different you know, things you, you're working on, you've got a passion for solving problems. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, that's it. I, I like solving problems for people and I've got a passion for property and, and, and what better job to merge the two. Um, so we're in a society where everybody wants to own their own house. It's your castle, it's your own safe place. And unless you've come into a lot of money, how else are you going to buy it unless you, 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 you can get a mortgage? So... Um, I specifically like helping first-time buyers when you get like a couple that want their own space and they want to take the next step in in the relationship and their life and they come to you and say, well, we found this property, can you help us get it? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And to be able to then see them on social media with their pictures of their keys and moving in and making a new life for themselves, that's that's the best part of the job for me. Love it. Yeah, I think it's great. Love it. Have you got, is, was it any more books than that or is there else on that one? Uh, the only other one I can think of is um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography. I'll be um, back. 
yeah, just you know, you just think like what an incredible person he is. He's, he's not only just conquered one field; he's conquered three, four fields. Is best bodybuilder of all time, arguably. He, yeah. he then became the best action hero of all time, in my opinion. He then uh, decided to go into politics and made it all the way to governor, senator, uh, and now he's. Is if you actually read his book, he's actually got a massive property portfolio. He's invested in uh, the stock market and everything. Like literally, you realized, yeah. No, everything that man has touched has turned to gold. It's just unbelievable. I have to check that one out. I've not read that one. No, that, 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 that sounds a good one. I'll hit him with the next one, Paul. Are you ready for this well, one? Then. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go straight at him with this one. Um, what is your feel-good song or music that gets you focused or makes you happy? Uh, music for me is usually an escape to try and get away from stress and stuff like that. So, um, a usual go to is probably Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. Richard. Uh, yeah, you know, you just think like work's getting on top of me, rugby's getting on top of me. Let's just let's just escape somewhere. Uh, yeah, you can't listen to that song and not feel not feel good, can you? No, no, that's that's an incredible. One. And do you, do you have? Because I used to when I was playing rugby, I used to always have to have a, a game day song. Um, have you got a game day song or what's what's your sort of ritual um, for getting yourself in the zone? I've, I've tried to get out of having a ritual, to be honest. But my ritual is probably not having a ritual. <laughs> okay. um, simply because you get that set in your ways. You think, well, to have a good game, I've got to have eaten this at this time. I've got to have had this many cups of coffee or glasses of water or I've got to have been in bed for at least eight hours, something like that. And you think... If I've missed one of them steps, it just completely throws you out mentally. You think, well, well, I've not done all this now. Like I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a crap game. game. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, so, I, needed, uh, I needed them steps. So when I had a crap game, I could blame it because I missed a step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was more weeks than not. Yeah, that's that's the only reason for it. You know, honestly. No, no. Um, so I, I always like to ask that sort of question. Um, are you going to the next one, Paul? Yes. Right. This is a good one. Um. What purchase of £50 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? What if you've not purchased anything? What if you're that tight you don't actually buy stuff? Yeah, because he's investing. Yeah, you there, see. Must, there must be something. You know, there must be something to spend someone on each month. Oh, the last six months. Um, less than 50 quid. But he'll probably a chocolate bar, I think. <laughs> For a professional athlete, my diet is absolutely shocking. Um, so, You're big uh, enough, you can absorb it. I, I'm six foot seven, but I'm squashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could put five stone on him. <laughs> we'll let him off for that, we'll let him off for that. Right. Do you have a lesson from a failure of yours? <laughs> uh, when people ask me, like, what's the biggest regret you've got in either walk of life, working or, or rugby, is don't chase money. Um... So back in 2016, I signed for Lee Centurions, and it's hands down the worst decision I've ever made in anything I've ever done. So I'd had a really good year in 2015, and I was just holding on and holding on for this big offer, which I thought would come, and it, it never really came. And then all of a sudden, uh, I think there's about six weeks of the season left, and I'm still not signed anywhere, because I was still holding out and holding out. And I was like, crap, what, what am I going to do? Like, I've got... Just this one I've got I think I had one offer from Lee and some one from somewhere else and then Paul Carroll offered me money as well. I was like, right, I was got to leave, that's the most money. Didn't really think about it. I thought there was this new team coming up, really exciting opportunity. And I got there and 
just the whole club was an absolute circus moving to Manchester um, just starting again and then obviously the season we had was horrendous slipped into slipped into depression um, I, I wouldn't even get out of my car to go to training some days I'd be sat there I'd have to drop my wife off at work at eight two minutes down the road there was our training ground and training start at nine so I'd literally sit in my car for about 50 minutes and refuse to get out until it got to 8.59 and then get out of my car and walk into training because I didn't want to be there any longer than I had to be. So for me, don't don't chase money because you yeah. can always make more money. There's always money to be found somewhere. Chase happiness, but that's probably the one thing. That's great, great. And I think I think, I think we, we're all guilty of that at times, but you've got to go through that, haven't you, to experience it, haven't you, to not make that mistake again. Yeah, I think that the lesson I learned off the back of that was you need to have more than one identity. So for me, at that point, I was just playing Super League. I was just playing full-time rugby. That's that's the only hat I wore. That's the only, that's the only side of me people saw. Um, so then when I started studying and working as a mortgage advisor, people would ask me about work before they'd ask me about rugby. So I had a bit of a different um, identity. And then obviously investing in houses, people would ask me about that. So... Instead of if one thing goes wrong, then the world ends. I've still got two other things that are going right to, to pick me back up again. Yeah, and that's and that's always a challenge isn't it, in terms of trying to spin different plates. And I think, so like in this current you know um, crisis we're in at the minute, um, you need options, don't you? You need different options, you need different places, different bolt holes, as I like to call them. Um, and I think the, the, the big challenge is always, isn't it? Um, you can, you can have one extreme where you don't have enough don't have enough hats, but quite quickly you can put too many on, can't you, as well? Yeah, that's it. I think I found I, I was guilty in in 2016 as well when I, I did leave. Um, I got a bit bogged down with renovating this house that I'd bought. So it started off, it was great. It was a great escape for me. I could go do a few hours painting and kind of forget about the world. And then eventually I found myself trapped in this house. I'd be painting and then my thought, my mind would start racing. I was like what am I going to do? I've got no offers, I've got nothing. Um, so yeah, I think I was a bit guilty of getting too sidetracked with investing in houses and then actually forgetting what my main job is, is, is I'm a rugby player. Um, I, I don't think you're the first rugby player to think like that or do that, are you? Either. No, no. Um, um, there's quite a lot of players I think have been down that road, but um, like you say, from experience, you can obviously maybe pass that down to younger players in town yeah it, it's a it's a difficult one really because because professional rugby or professional sport in general takes over your life so yeah. much it's not just one of them jobs where you punch in at nine punch out at five and then you don't worry about it again till tomorrow you've got to worry about what you're eating what you're drinking how much sleep you're getting and then because social media is so um it's, it's just everywhere especially in hallway you've got two two teams there was always somebody there willing to give you their opinion whether you wanted it or not uh, yeah i used to live on kingswood at the time and i used to go into asda and people would come up to me and talk to me like I, I want a famous name in our team or big name in our team by any means but i want short people telling me how crap i played at the weekend or <laughs> asking me what the hell was going on and there was just no escape from it um yeah whereas having something else to think about whether you're studying something or you're trying to build a business it, it's a great release but it is a fine balance trying to work the, the, the two together and give 100% effort to each one. Well, how, how do you find that now then with your with your rugby career still playing for York and your business? Because that must be even more tiring, isn't it? 
Well, now at York, we're part-time. Uh, yeah. So we, we train Tuesday, Thursday, Friday evening. Uh, so we start at 6.30 and we're, we're done for 10 o'clock, whereas all the teams I've been at before, we were full-time, so I'd be training during the day, trying to work on my days off, things like that, and trying to juggle two full-time jobs is now impossible. Uh, so now that I'm at York, I've actually got a few more days during oh, the right. week to actually work on my business. Um, and I don't have to leave the house now until half four to go to training. So they literally, as soon as one ends, the next one starts. Um, but I now see rugby because work is now my main goal and my main earner. Rugby's more of an escape now. I go to yeah. run around outside with 25 other blokes, go lift some weights and just go talk rubbish for a couple of hours and escape from the world because I work from home I don't really see anybody so that's my right. social life now um, so yeah I see it more of a social and keep fit whereas before it was this has to go right this is the only thing I've got going on this is my main right. I bet you're probably playing better without that that weight on your shoulders yeah definitely I, 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 I think I'm a better person to be around now as well because uh, I'm not I'm not stressing as much uh, I've got more to talk about so I'm not as boring as I used to be um, so yeah I, I, I think well, the season's been postponed now because of coronavirus, but up until we got postponed, I thought I was playing really well. And you'd play on a Sunday, you'd get battered about for a bit. You may have lost, you'd be kicking stones for a few hours. But Monday morning, I come up, put my suit back on and back to work. I go, life goes on. Yeah, I think, what, I think what's interesting, um, James, is that in the work like me and Paul do, you know, within, within Andy's Man Club, and now Paul, Paul's just set up on his own journey, you know, running his own business, doing mental health, first aid in training and all different bits. I think something that me and Paul are massively passionate about, one of the reasons we're on the show as well is, um, you know, guys don't talk, you know, you shared a story there, you know, about, um, you know, your mental health, you know, and um, guys don't talk about the mental health. And I think the challenge, which is slowly changing, um, you know, but we've seen it massively with Andy's Man Club, Luke Ambler, who runs Andy's Man Club, and um, he was a rugby player as well. Um, I think that banter culture has been around for a long time. You'll still be seeing that, won't you, in the, in the dressing rooms like, like you are. Um, but more guys do need to talk, don't they? Because I, I think I, I'm a massive fan of rugby. Love rugby league. I think it's the greatest sport in the world. In the in the world. But you guys aren't paid what in equivalent of what your body's going through compared to other sports, right? Um, it's no, not even close. No, no, it's not even close. So it's 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 physically tough anyway. Then you're putting your body on the line. Um, you're battered and broken. You know that video we showed there. And um, you know any other job you know you just won't be allowed to do what you do um so i think i think i love rugby league because we always talk out when we do speak we do change but i think more needs to be done in the world of mental health um getting people talking um being okay with not being okay and again like yourself i think you're, 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 you're about 29 aren't you 29 30 just turned 29 yeah so again and it's that age group of people coming through being okay you know and you mentioned it there there's, there's that social element, which hopefully, you know, I think this sort of, this state we're in at the minute where we're having a big reset in the world, it's actually everything we thought was important isn't important anymore, isn't it? So just talk us through that. What do you think is happening in the world of mental health and talking and, and what's going on? Yeah, I think, like, referring it back to rugby league, like, like you say, you're encouraged physically to pretend that you are okay. Like, you're... Yeah. You may have broken nose, it's across your face, you might be bleeding from the head. Um, like even to the concussion, people used to run off a concussion, whereas now you actually know because you can't see it, 
people didn't think it was a real thing. So because you can't see, someone, someone doesn't have depression written across the forehead or anything like that, because you can't see it, you don't think it's real. So you're trying to run off a concussion when now you know what you know. What, you think it's stupid to do that. And because physically you're meant to pretend like you're okay, people think it's the same mentally as well. Um, so you see many people just thinking, oh, maybe I'm just having a down day or uh, I'm just not feeling myself today. Whereas now people realise that's linked to something and there's a reason why you're feeling like that. It's not just a mood swing. Like There's a genuine reason. And if, if you don't get on top of it, it can quickly spiral. So um, you see more and more people talk out about it now, thanks to stuff like Andy's Man Club, which um, which is fantastic. And I think the more that latches on to rugby league, because the rugby league is a very old-fashioned sport in, in many, many ways. Um, but yeah, the more the more people can talk out, the better. Um, I've told a few people about my story. My mine's not extreme in in any in any case, really. Yeah, in terms of you say it's not extreme. Um, you know, we, we, we're, let's link it back to Andy, who tragically took his own life. He didn't have extreme cases of mental health. He had no history of mental health. And mm. in that one decision, though, where he decided to take his own life, yeah, he did have an extreme, but he was just in that one flash. So I think I, you were just talking about it. Um, you might not see it as a big thing. Um, but back to that video when you were in that fully, fully moi moi, you didn't think that was a big thing, did you? Um, no. so speaking out, always remember, speaking out, it's, it's huge. So um, somebody's, somebody's seen James speak out, will encourage the next person to speak out. That's what it's about. And that's, that's what happens when, you, when your peers are talking and your peers are opening up, it encourages the next guy to open up. It helps, it helps from the six foot seven as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, because you think, well, if he can do it, six foot seven, and a rugby player, if he can talk about it, why can't I? Well, have you seen, uh, have you watched the uh, Rio Ferdinand and Kate Ferdinand documentaries on BBC One? Yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen it. My wife watched it. She's in absolute tears and wanted to watch it. I was like, I don't think I can watch it because it just it sounds like it's, it's yeah. a tough one. I have got that on my list to watch. Well, that, that hammered home to me the power of talking because he'd gone through something horrendous. His, his wife had died at a young age. Um, he had to bring his kids up on his own. And then he'd met somebody else, Kate, and she comes into the family home and he was like, how on earth do we try and move forward as a family? And you think with the money he's got, they'd, they'd throw money at all these crazy therapies and new new things of ways of getting around it. All they did literally, they followed him for an hour and a half. All they did was talk to different people, talk to each other, talk to therapists, join chat groups. That's literally all they did. And that hammered home for me the importance of just talking about it, just just getting something off your chest is probably just half the problem. And then to hear somebody who you've just told say, Do you know what, that's completely normal. I felt like that as well. You, you don't realise how much power and benefit that can have. And we, we get that feedback with the work in the community that we do. And just talking, it's it, it seems very little just talking, but the amount of feedback and the amount of people open up to you, once they know they can trust you um, in that environment and it, they know it's a safe um, place to talk, it, the feedback that we get, Leon, in it, it's unreal. And yeah, yeah, watching I, the guys on their journey progress. I think, I think the point we're all making it, and, and the science is backing this up now even more so. Um, you know, talking is one of the most, you know, for, for years, and this is the age we're coming in, we don't talk about medication at Andy's Man Club, but this is our podcast, so we can talk about what we want, can't we, Paul? But yeah. the, the science is coming through now that 
yeah, there is people who have mental ill health, and Paul, you're probably more qualified to share on this more than me, but yeah, you have people with ill health, and there is medication for that. Um, but there's been a lot of research recently done in terms of we've been very fast to um, diagnose um, the problem, but not the actual root cause of the problem and yeah. the symptoms. So, and we see at the man club, we, you know, I, I was talking about Re- Reverend Tony Cotson, who's LFC's vicar, he's, he's an absolute legend of a guy, isn't he? Yeah, legend. And, and I always, he always talks to me, he said, miracles happen here. And he, and he used to say it, but they actually do happen there. And watching a guy come through for me, while, we, while I'm so passionate about holding the doors open like we do, um, watching a guy come through and share something that he's been carrying for years. Um, and some of the problems aren't massive, but the massive that person, or some of them are, yeah. are so big, um, I'd rather run up fully for your own way, if I'm honest. But the massive out of some of these problems you see these guys carry. But what you see is, and I'm a big believer in um, expressing yourself, and if you don't express that emotion and you don't let it out, it gets suppressed, and then that's where I believe you can become depressed with that emotion. And I think, I think there's a massive power in just talking about your problem because we sit at the man club, we sit and listen. We don't fix the problem. That's one of the craziest things, isn't it, Paul? We don't actually get that, any advice. That's another key: is actually listening. I think we all, with our mobile phones and the other things that we've got, we we actually sit and talk, but. The most important thing is turning your phone off for two hours and listening to somebody share, share, share their emotions and share their problems. And we have a lot of guys that turn up on a Monday night, first night, and say, I'm not going to talk. I just want to sit and listen to the other guys. So we always try and get them sat next to me, and we start it the opposite way around. And then we know by the time that ball gets all the way around, that guy will talk because he realises he's not on his own. And he realises that the problems he's got are similar to the guy opposite him. And it just provokes conversation. And then you see him walk in, they've got all the w- troubles on the shoulders, but you can see him walk out, the chest out. And the feedback we get straight after it on the messenger page is absolutely unreal. How the wish that had come years ago. Yeah, and even down to the other side of it, um, you get the guy, other guys who will bring their friend or come for somebody else. Yeah, and men absolutely love it, don't they? I mean, I feel brand new. Um, so I think, yeah, don't ever underestimate James uh, the power of talking, um, because it's no. phenomenal. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Because I remember when when I was going through depression, I was like, why why am I feeling like this? Like if I if I was to write down my situation on paper, you'd be like, what what is this guy on about? Like, so for me, I'd. Uh, I'd wanted a new start because I hated my last year at Hull KR, so I'd moved two hours away, fresh start, new team. Um, I was on the most money I'd ever earned. Um, my wife had just started a new job, which she absolutely loved. Um, we was in a, new, a big new city in Manchester. There's all these things on our doorstep to do. And then about, about three months into the season, I just stopped getting picked. That was it. I didn't play a single game for the rest of the year. And we were getting battered every week. I mean, we were awful. And I was like, why on earth am I not getting picked in a team? That's getting battered every week. So basically, luckily for me, uh, the RFL have Sporting Chance, which is the um, I think second like a charity set up by Tony Adams um, for professional sportsmen. It's completely free. But for me, I could have counselling for six weeks, completely free. Um, and I basically sat down with her. I was like, I probably shouldn't even be here. I'm probably wasting your time. I've got all these good things going on. But I just can't get myself out of bed in the morning. And when I go to training, I'll get there a minute before I have to be there because I, I can't stand the place. 
but yeah, I've got all these good things going on. So like, what's wrong with me? Why, why am I such an idiot? I feel like you should be seeing some people that have got genuine problems. Um, and for her to say, do you know what? Do you know why it is? It's because you've lost your identity. And I was like, what do you mean? I know exactly who I am. And she said, no, you've, you're a rugby player that's not playing rugby. You've left your hometown to make a better life for yourself and it's not panned out and you just feel like a bit of a failure. Um, so the, the, the turning point for me was um, all the time I've played professional, I've played Catalan away. I've always made the team. I've always made the trip and played. So when I signed at Lee, my wife was like, yeah, I've never been. I've never watched it there. I'll go. So before the season had even started, she booked her trip Um and then that game rolled around and I wasn't getting picked. I was sat at home. So she's like, well, I've paid for it now, so I'm still going to go. I was like, yeah, good, you, you do that. But then it dawned on me, I'm going to be sat in this apartment on my own for three days on my own. And I'm probably the lowest I've ever been. That sounds like absolute hell to me. And I was like, what can I do? Like At this point, my escape was planning holidays, planning trips. Like No, ma- no matter how bad our results were, we always seemed to get a weekend off here and there. So we'd, I think we had like five holidays that year. That's probably why he was doing so poor. Yeah, the worse we got, the more time off we got. Um, so I was like, yeah, oh, I'll go away then. And then I thought, well, I'll go away on my own. Yeah, that, that's all right. Yeah, that's normal. So I didn't tell my wife that I was going to go on holiday. I um, I went to Belfast on my own, got the, got the overnight ferry, had a full day in Belfast and came home. Um, and she didn't know about it. I, I just texted her to say, oh, yeah, I'm getting on the ferry tonight while she was at the airport. Um so she knew how down I was. She was about to board the plane. She got this text from her husband that's manic and doing all these crazy things, saying he's off, he's off to Belfast on his own for two days. Um, and she had a panic attack and she, she wasn't going to go. Um, so he, hearing that and how it imp- impacted somebody else was what made me think, do you know what, I need to do something about this. This, in, this is bigger than what I think it is. Yeah. Um, it was a complete behaviour change. It was way out of the ordinary for me. I've never been on holiday on my own before that or since. Um, but the thought of being on my own, my own thoughts for three days was just unbearable. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it, though, in terms of, and it's interesting just listening to you, you know, capture that and share that. But as a professional athlete as well, um, if you are, you know, if you put your, did your knee ligaments or you broke a bone, you'd be able to deal with that, wouldn't you? Because you could quantify it. Um, yeah. And I always say, like, you know, your brain and your mental health, um, we all have times where I, I remember losing my dad and it was just one of the toughest times for me having to work and do all the other bits and wear all these hats and then um, my brain just wasn't right. And then someone just said to me in terms of your brain gets strained just like a muscle and and when it's not working, it, it's got to be repaired. But it, it, we don't think like that, do we? No, for, for me, like my, my, my behaviour got progressively worse, like obviously culminating in me clearing out the country for two days on my own without telling anyone. Um, but before that, like literally nothing could keep me occupied, like nothing. Um, loved reading, but I couldn't just read. I had to have the TV on in the background. Or yeah, couldn't concentrate be, on anything. No, I'd be playing Call of Duty on my on my TV, but then I'd have a laptop next to me and I'd be researching, oh, well, if we get three days off back-to-back, we can maybe go here. Yeah, this is how much it'll cost. And my wife would come home and I'd have like an A4 pad, pad of paper filled out with about seven different holidays that we could go on if I get two days off. Um, and it was just like, that was just like completely out of the ordinary, all because I wasn't getting picked. Everything else was going right. All it takes is like one thing. And like you say, you're suppressing it. We'd, we'd moved to Manchester. We had no friends or family there, really. 
um, and living in a small apartment with just my wife. She was sick of hearing about it. She wasn't sick of hearing about it. She was always at open ears, but I didn't want to keep bombarding her with it, so I just kept it to myself, and it, it just snowballs. It was your, so it comes on to saying three things, like, you know, weakness, bed, and embarrassment. That's why us blokes don't like to talk. You know, it's as simple as that, isn't it? We don't want to put on other people. And when we do, we think we don't want to be weak, and then we don't, want, and then we're embarrassed to also talk, aren't we? Um, yeah. I'm just saying uh, what James has talked about. Um, I went through the exact same, and I I do a, I go out and do a talk now, and the first thing I do, I, I put a slide up, and it's got all my family, my decent job, my great grandkids, and why was Paul depressed? I don't know, but it was, and anybody looking in would say, well, why is he depressed? He's got perfect life. But I just couldn't explain why I was feeling the way I did. I couldn't concentrate on anything. I'd have to tell you on. I'd be looking at it, but I wasn't taking anything in. No. Reading, I'd read six pages, but I hadn't know what I'd read. Yeah. And 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 that's how it goes. And But the, the great thing with Andy's Man Club and the great thing about the sharing, like we're talking now, is we're not on our own. We're not on our own. No, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to jump on this next one, because I like this one. Go on so, then. What is a favourite quote or saying that if you could share with everyone in the world, what is it and why? Uh, this was one that I, I got from uh, the Arnie book. Um, he, I don't think he was the one that came up with it, but it's you not... Can't, you can't have I'll be back. You're not having that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not how much money you make, it's how much you keep hold of. Um which I got out of the Arnold Schwarzenegger book. I think it might have been Warren Buffett that said it. Um, but like I say, coming from the background I've come from, professional sport, where that was the most money I'd earned. And you read and see all these programs of multi-million pound, multi-million dollar athletes that go broke. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you've got bad spending habits, then it doesn't make a difference, does it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Was, it, was it Mike Tyson? worth hundreds of millions of pounds and went bankrupt. Yeah, more than once. <laughs> more than once, yeah. Absolutely crazy. Hit him with the next one, Paul. Right, I like this one. In the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect in your life? Um, I'm not really one, one for habits. Uh, I probably should. Might be a bit more successful, maybe, but... Um, Probably networking, I think. Obviously, going from one environment to a completely new one. Um, going from a professional sportsman into business, there's, there's no transition. Nothing's There's no carryover. Nothing's the same. So, for me, networking is, has, has been a big thing, really. Not only has it helped me like source more business, but um, probably from the development side of things, I hate public speaking. I've got a very monotone voice. Um, so I'm not one for radio or anything like that. So for me, networking, BNI in particular, has been massive. Going networking every week, having to do some public speaking, and basically, I don't think there's anything scarier really than going into a, bun- a room with a bunch of people you've never met before, no idea what you're going to talk to them about, you don't know what you've got in common. You've got to start from scratch. Um, so for me, that's been massive for personal development and, and for business. You can share that, Katie Paul. Yeah, um, I'm the same. Um, we don't talk about this anymore, but I got made redundant September last year after 31 years, so I've had to go out and start networking, and 
I started shadowing Leon around and I go to quite a few networking events and I was at the Entrepreneurs Only, which you are a member of, James, until it's yeah. sadly. And I really enjoyed that. And me standing up and talking in front of all other business owners to say what I intend to do was nerve-wracking, but it's something that 12 months ago I would never, ever done. And now I just take it on board and take, and just go with it now. And yeah, you don't I thoroughly, think about it anymore, do you? No, I thoroughly enjoy what I'm doing. And I started doing public speaking um, a little bit because of Leon. Um, his fan master teaching uh, put me on radio and never turned up. No, it's in context, right? And we've probably shared this hundred times, but let's get the official story. Just don't want to go over it. No, let's get the official no, story. I'm, I'm scared. Let's get the official story. You, you, what did you ask me? Let, let's 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 tee this up. If you'd if you'd let me out to public speak, that's what he asked me. Yeah, right. That's all you asked me. Right. The deep end. I am disputing so, that. Did not disputing that. No. So. He'd done loads of different stuff, you know, so a friend his man club, we'd be on TV, we'd on radio, all different stuff, right? And I I got taught to public speak from Tony Robbins, and he said go to Toastmasters, right? Now, I can't public speak, I'm rubbish, no, but the difference is, Tony Robbins had put it into a context when he was sharing all it, we can all have a conversation, and how tragic is it if we've got an idea or a message and we're too scared to deliver that message? It's just... To travesty in it, right? Yeah. So I took that on, and from this Toastmasters, what I'd been to and what I'd learned, and from networking and that, it basically said that everyone in that room is scared. Everyone, right? And I looked at it like I played number 10. Number 10 just carry the ball. We don't ever want to carry that ball, right? But we just get into it, don't we? It's in the end, I used to always find playing rugby, if I didn't take one of the first carries, I'd, I'd be nervous for, until I took that first carry. After taking that first carry and getting belted, that was it. I was cool for the rest of the game, right? And I think public speaking or networking is exactly the same. You've got to get up and you've got to have a go. And you've got to get belted. And you make mistakes, um, but you get up and you go again. And you, you not be bothered by other people's opinion, but Paul's point, right, he makes, where it was a bit different, was he'd not done any TV or radio, and he was, getting, he was just overthinking it like mad. I'm thinking, right, he needs to do one of these on his own. He, he's running all now, not me. So he, they want to speak to someone from his man club all. So that's his job. That's his, his role. So this um, t- radio interview comes up with Viking um, and they've asked me to do it. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get Paul to come as well in support because he's shadowing me and he's learning. I had no intention of going. Not none. Not an, not an answer <laughs> going, right? I was just definitely not going. Um, so Paul's ringing me before and oh, I'm just on my way. I pretended I was in my car. I wasn't in my car. I was at home. Um, and I didn't tell up, did I, Paul? No, so I get in the reception of the radio station and she went, um, Leon McQuaid, I said, no, this is Paul Longley. I said, Leon will be just, it's two minutes behind me. She said, oh, that's fine. We've got to go on air in a minute. So I said, that's fine, I'll be here. So I rang him again. Yeah, I'm just around the corner. So so anyway, she come out and she went, right, we're going on air now. Wow. So I had, to do, I had to do the interview. That was, the first, one. That was the first one. And the second one was um, another one. So there's a big company called Rescue. How many, yeah, employ- rescuing. How many employees? 800. 800. So before this, though, we'd done a talk at the NHS, haven't we? There's about... Um, 500, 600 people there, right? And I dragged yeah. him off the bridge. So I knew he could do it, right? So I didn't just drop him in. But this rescue one came up. And um, again, because I'd already done it to the radio, 
Um, I said, oh, prepare this talk, and you had to go deliver a talk to 700 people. <laughs> it was good. So, so, so it was the, good. It the was point, good. point being, though, like we're all making those, right? And it's like, I see, I, I'd have said, Greeny, you was a professional networker because I've seen you when I walked into that room the first time because I joined yours. He's there in his suit. He's making moves around, around the place. He's, <laughs> making he's, moves. He's like, he's, like, he's like made to network. Yeah. That's come with a lot of training though and a lot of push. I think what the good thing about B&I is because it's every week, You, I kind of started off with that, then you get comfortable with those people in the room and then I was looking for other stuff. So like, where can I go where I don't know people and, and stuff like that. So... It, it's it's certainly a skill that you can keep building on. It's not just something oh, I, I can do this now. It's like there's people better at it than me. Um, yeah, just keep going with it. But if you get pushed to talk in front of seven hundred people, then what's what's fifty people the next week? Do you know what I mean? So I think you've got a lot to thank Leon for, Paul. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you every week. I'm just getting him back there because he used to tell me um, we, when we played rugby as kids. We'd play against teams who were just far better than us, right? Bigger than us, horrible than us. And he'd put us on there, right? And he'd tell us that was a brick in a wall. And we'd basically, we'd go out just to get absolutely mullered in some of these towns, right? So it's just, I'm just getting you back, Paul. Just getting you back. We never got mullered, though, did we? <laughs> the way I think about it, with rugby, I was just like, you should scan, right? It was the biggest block here. Right, I'm going to run it in because I knew once I'd been belted, it was only downhill from there. It was going to get better. It's a bit like prison. Like, it was the biggest block in here. Right, you, you're getting it. And anyone who's took a pasting off him, it's downhill from there, isn't it? The thing is, though, some of these halfbacks now and again, though, surprise you. And, and like, I'd never, ever, in a, can you imagine running at Albert Kelly? Yeah, yeah, he, he's. He can bank, can't he? Yeah, he's Aboriginal tough, isn't he? He's yeah. a different yeah. level tough. Yeah, yeah, you just won't want to run it in. There's certain plays you just won't want to run it in, they. Right, are you having next question? No, you, you? no, you go. Right, I'm going. Right, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself at 18 and what advice should you have ignored? Um, I think always keep adding to your skill your skill set, whether that be if that's relevant to the job that you're doing now. So if you're in a particular job, like is there like something else that can go alongside that? always keep to look improving yourself with with your skills or, or whatever that is or always well, for me i've always kept an eye on plan b I, I always knew i'd need it um so planning that now um but yeah there's always something new you can teach yourself that'll be relevant to your business so i'm now that we're all in quarantine i'm learning how to use zoom now so that's something that i can use moving forward uh google meet today you, you like today yeah there's two things. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's always new things you can learn um, and, and I would keep teaching yourself. With regards to bad advice, um, well, I don't know. I can't think of the last piece of bad advice I've, I've been given. Um, I don't know in my mind. I got 20 quid for that, so it was well worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think there's like, people keep pushing Bitcoin, stuff like that, don't they? I think if... I think you've got your kind of like your sphere of influence and like what you know about and what you can control, stick to that. I think if somebody offers you an opportunity outside of that that doesn't quite sit right with you, probably probably avoid it. I've never invo- invested in Bitcoin or anything like that. I have no intention of because I don't know one how it works and two it seems too volatile for me. Uh, so yeah. Pick what you know. Yeah, correct. And I think if you don't know if you don't know enough about it, don't go for it. If if you somebody offers you a new opportunity, study it like hell. And then if you know enough to make a decision, then go for it. Love it. 
I'll hit him with this next one, Paul. I've got it. I've got well, it. Then. Um, we all at times feel burnt out, unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed. What do you do? If helpful, what sort of questions do you ask yourself? Um, I've just got I got into golf recently. So for me, I, I go to the driving range just to knock the life out of summer. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think for me as well, it's it's quite peaceful going to the driving range. You're on your own. There's nobody talking to you. Just leave your phone in the car. Nobody can contact me. I'm just going to go crush 100 balls and feel better once I've finished. Um, but for me, when when things get – I've just finished reading this, actually. Okay. So I've started going back to that. Like for me, things are getting difficult now with work. Like lenders are been a bit stricter on criteria, so there's not many, not much new business I can put through. So I was like, oh, a mortgage advisor that can't write mortgages. Like, what the hell do I do? But I was like, well, I've still got ten people that their mortgages going through. I can keep them updated. So my why is why did I get into this in the first place? To help people, to make the the process smoother and take the stress out of it. Um, so for me, always go back to why. I'm preaching about what this new book. James, no, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, Simon Six. Simon Six. That Interestingly, that one. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you know he's because he's, you're on Zoom, aren't you? Um, I've seen someone share it. He's um, he's doing a, 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 I think it's either one day a week or once a week. Um, he's reading a chapter online, and you can ask him questions about it um, using Zoom. Believe it or oh, not, yeah. I think. There you go. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll see if I can find that. Someone shared the link with me the other day because I'm I'm a huge fan of him. Um, I think he's uh, just the way the guy thinks, his podcasts and other bits he does. He's just um, he he was the first one that the you know, the talk that sometimes on power on technology. Yeah, it's basically a lot of the stuff. He's he's sort of content. He's just he's just a a phenomenal thinker, isn't he? Yeah. Right. Well, well, for me, I first came across like why was. About four years ago, I remember. Well, it didn't happen four years ago. I found out about it four years ago. I remember when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically, they said, oh, how did you do it? Like, you didn't have a cat and owls chance. How, how did you do that? And it, it basically just said, I, before my mum died, I told her that I was going to be a world heavyweight champion of the world. And she died that week. Uh, and then he went out there and just knocked the life out of Mike Tyson because he had a bigger why than Mike Tyson. So whenever he was getting pasted and didn't feel like getting up and didn't feel like throwing a punch because he was that exhausted. It kept going back to that to that why. So for me, not only do I want to provide for me, my wife, and um, in a few years be, be comfortable enough through property investing where I don't have to, to work because I feel that what I've given to the sport and what it's taken out of me, I, I deserve to have a comfortable life off after that. So yeah. for, for me... I'm trying to live passively by investing and getting a nice job like this that I enjoy where I don't see it as work. Um, so when it does get hard, I keep going back to well, why do I want to do it? I want to help people and I want to be able to live the life that me, me and my wife deserve. Love it. Love, Love that it. one. Love that one. Great one. It's the next one. Right. Who in the world would you like to interview, past or present, and why? Um... I keep talking about him, don't I? I think probably Arnold Schwarzenegger, just, just to be able to pick the brains of somebody who it was so versatile and flexible. How, how do you how do you dominate the world in so many fields and just just do it with ease? Um, and yeah, just to be able to pick his brains. Obviously, it, it gives a lot away in his book about how he did it and things like that. But just to be able to 
to dominate one field and then go, do you know what, I want to try something else now and completely adapt, research, teach himself new skills and then go and dominate that as well. Um, yeah, to be able to sit down with him for an hour would be unbelievable. I agree. Yeah, I'll hit him in the last one. Um, we, that's us nearly an hour. Nearly an hour done, fellas. That's it's well, flown, flown by. by. That's flown by, by, yeah. It always does. Um, is there anything we should have asked you, but we didn't? Um, no, maybe, maybe plug business a bit more, but it's a bit quiet in it at this time of year. So, where can people find out and where can people connect with you? Um, so I'm on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but yeah, you can put my details on at the end. Um, email, What's phone me, whatever you need. Uh, email is uh, jamesgreenmortgage at gmail.com. There you go. So, uh, Hopefully, when we post this out, we'll all be out. I've got up, so people are talking about end of end of April now, aren't they? Yeah, I know, I know. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, this will be going out in the next, um, not not this week. It'll be next week, I think. But I think, I mean, the the main part. I mean, hopefully, have you have you enjoyed being on the show? I loved it. Yeah, it's been great. It's. Um, is, we've only been in, in uh, isolation for a week, haven't we? And I'm cracking up already. I need to. I need to be doing something. So it's nice to see some some faces and have somebody to talk to. No, exactly that. And I think I think um, I had that today. Um, I seen your Instagram. I think it was it was yesterday, and you was looking out the window. Oh, I might be on Saturday. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> I, I got up today, and I have had cabin fever today. Like I've been busy working, but it's just like these four walls. It's only been like um, you know eight days on it, and. I think yeah. we lose focus at times of what what what's so special out there, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm never going to take something for granted ever again when we were all back out. Uh, do you know anything? Like, I've kind of sat and took stock of where today, especially anyway, I've took stock of where I'm at uh, in my life and my business and career and things like that. And and you realise I've got a lot to be grateful for. If if the worst thing in my life at the moment is not being able to go outdoors for the next two weeks. I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about where my meal's coming from. I've got a roof over my head. I've got money in bank to see me through this. I've got a great family and friends. What on earth have I got to worry about? Yeah, yeah. You got all to add, Paul, before we sign off? No, just thanks for coming on, James. It's been a cracking podcast. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been it's been nice to share some stories and, and talk to somebody else other than my wife for once. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Right, that's going to be me. I'm going to. Finish this one up on here. That's that one done. One minute. Turn our volumes back up on our computers. We all there. Lovely. All right, easy. All right. All right. Cheers, fellas. So that's recording. And um, have you liked our Facebook page? You're on Facebook, aren't you? I'm not on Facebook, no. Um, so we share it out on there. That's going to be like our biggest platform. We'll go on LinkedIn as well. Um, we're connected on LinkedIn, the right way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Send it, share it on there and I'll, I'll push it on. Are you connected with Paul? Uh, no, I'll do it right now, though. Yeah. Paul Longwood. So if you guys connect, then I'll get this shared out. There we go. No worries. Done. You've even got your polo shirt on there, always branding. He loves it, doesn't he? You never miss it. You never miss a chance. Bye. 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 Bye.